Welcome to another episode of the Sports Bros Podcast, featuring the almighty B-Live, the money man, Scotty D, and your host, the head of creative, Eddie Cool. And without any further ado, let's give it up for the Sports Bros. Hey, what's going on, world? This be your boy, Eddie Cool, a.k.a. the HOC, and welcome to episode 106, and bros, see what we did there, of the Sports Bros Podcast. Welcome back, and right about now, we're going to wave to everybody. Wave to the people, Scott. He <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't, don't pay attention. He's doing his thing. <laughs> hey, man, he, he, he's feeling good, I was, man. I was tipping my cap. He was, he was tipping, there you go, he was tipping his cap. Uh, for some strange reason, I'm channeling my inner Ernie Isley, and I got a do-rag on. Don't know why. Don't care. Hey, we ain't trying to wear suits, so we ain't trying to be presidents. Shout out to Lil Wayne for that one. Once again, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Sports Bros Podcast. But before we dive into it, y'all like that, don't you? Yeah, buddy. You like that, don't it's you? New logo. New logo. Looking good. Yep, new logo looking good. Shout out to Reese. Shout out to my man, Reese Jenkins. So if you want some artwork done, um, I'll leave a link in the description and uh, we're going to make some stuff happen. And speaking of making things happen, of course, y'all know I can't do this by myself. You see these other two guys on these logos? They're here in person, too. And with that being said, introducing first, the almighty B-Live. What's happening? What's going on in the world today? When I tell you that question never gets old because it's always something going on i'm excited about this episode because you know what we actually get to talk a little little bit more about football because we're coming up to the nfl draft and i i'm i have no doubt in my mind we're going to see something that's going to shock the world going to leave us with a head scratching you know what i literally i can't wait i'm, I'm going to say this I, I came dressed dressed impressed with my carolina panthers gear on but i'm very i'm curious to see what what Jera does down in Dallas? It, just something tells me that it's going to be something silly, and I can't wait. And I know the other guy that we're going to introduce in a little bit. He's just he he, he can feel it too. He can feel it after that big contract they just gave Dak. Do they really? Yeah, you know what? You know I I, I I'll wait. I'll wait. I'll wait. Just let's, let's go ahead let's introduce that other guy. You know. Yes, sir. Yep, B-Live almost jumped the shark. And speaking of the other guy, the pride of Washington, Pennsylvania, none other than the one, the only, the money man, Scotty D. Hey, let's talk about baseball, baby. Them buckos are hot right now. Hot. Woo, sizzling hot. We'll talk about the Cowboys eventually, but them buckos, they are moving up the rankings, baby. Playing some ball, bucko ball. Baby. <laughs> yep. Yeah, this time last year they were like four and eighteen, and right now they're eleven and eleven. That's trending the right way. They start off one and six. They're up to five hundred. How about it? Let's go, Bucks. Yep, Scotty, you got something to be happy about. Also, um, Anthony Davis came back for your Lakers, right? I think. I don't know. <laughs> Yep, he did. He, he he did come back, Scotty. In case you were, I've been too busy watching the Buckos, baby. Hey, the man. Bucks and the and the first place Pittsburgh Penguins. Another team from Pittsburgh just 
right up the board. All right, before B-Live and Scotty D kill each other, we're going to talk about a fight that happened this weekend. Matter of fact, several fights happened this weekend. We are talking about the tremendous card of UFC 60, 261, correction, that was main event highlighted by Kamaro, the Nigerian Nightmare Usman, and Jorge Gamebred Masvidal. But before we go into it, we're going to get into it. But it, it was a, it, the, the fights was great. But you know what? I'm not going to run my mouth. Scotty D, tell us a little bit about the fights. Well, these fights, this fight card was hot from beginning to end. It was a historic night. They were back in front of a live audience. They were down in Jacksonville, and the crowd was hot for this stuff. As soon as the first fight got going, a couple of girls whose names I don't even remember, but they were going at it from the right, right from the get-go. Uh, the pay-per-view itself, once it got on the air, all those fights were had something happen that was meaningful. And before I talk about how good a performance we saw from uh, a couple of our champions and new, new champion, let's just talk about the elephant in the room. And that was the Chris Weidman situation. This was one of the worst things I have ever witnessed watching sports. If you, in case you're not sure what we're talking about, Chris Weidman was fighting Uriah Hall. These two were having a rematch from like 10 years ago. And both went separate ways in their careers. Chris Weidman was the first person to ever beat Anderson Silva. It was a it was a fluke thing where Silva put his face up. Weidman knocked him out. In the rematch, another fluke thing. Anderson Silva went to give him a leg kick. Weidman checked the leg kick on purpose. It was something he worked on. And Anderson Silva snapped his leg in half. It was a compound fracture of his tibia. And the same thing happened to Weidman on Saturday night. But, guys, this was different because... I've never seen this before where a guy, he broke his leg when Uriah Hall checked his kick. Only did you notice on the replay, his facial expression didn't really change. He didn't react to that leg snap and his leg actually bent forward and he put it back down. That to me, that was the craziest thing. When Anderson Silva did this, he just dropped and and started screaming. It sounded like a baseball bat had cracked in half, you know, in, in a ball game. Same thing happened to Weidman, only the strangest thing, and I know it happened in a split second, but he didn't react, and he put his leg down and and all of his weight on it, and the thing snapped in half, and oh my gosh, it was one of the worst things I've ever seen, and Uriah Hall was just froze. This happened literally like 10 to 15 seconds in, and it was awful. Oh my goodness. I mean, if you watch this this sport regularly, there's always a chance something, something violent could happen. It's a violent sport, but man, guys... You were watching that the other night, the same time I was. We were kind of texting back and forth. Was that not one of the worst things you'd ever seen? I mean, we, we've seen this, like, with Alex Smith and Theismann, things like that. But wasn't this, like, just the worst? It was, man, when I when I tell you, like, because just of how we follow the sport and everything, it, you, like, you forced yourself to rewatch it, and it just it got more painful each time oh. I watched And it was just like, and the fact, like, because I noticed that as well, like, the initial crack, you would have thought that that would have just brought anybody to their knees. But yeah. he actually, he actually pl- tried to plant his foot back down. Yes. And he's like, he didn't feel it. I'm just like, how do you oh. not feel that? And it bent even further. I was just like, oh. oh. So it's, oh. it's like, and then, like you said, Uriah Hall, man, he was hurt to his core because nobody ever wants to win like that ever ever like he it just looked like he was ready to 
go toe to toe, have a great match. It just had, it was one of those, I mean, on top of the fact that it was the first time we had fans back in the building, they were ready. They wanted to, they wanted to put on a show and for it to end like that, he just, it, it was, it was sickening oh. at, at least. So man, I, I feel like I said, Chris Wyman, we hope that you have a speedy recovery. Um, even Anderson Silva actually reached out to him afterwards. And like, I would say that was very classy of him. Um, when that happened and just being just the support because it like it was one of those things where the camera cut completely away while they were um administering um a medical attention to him because you just you couldn't like it was just gruesome it was bad oh gruesome so. is the perfect word to describe it and the thing was when i when i saw it happen in real time i didn't realize that he had cracked his leg on the leg kick i thought it was just an awkward stance he took and his weight shifted and, and it cracked. You know, that's why, it, to me, it's so amazing that he broke his leg first and then put his weight on it. Man, I, I, it made my stomach turn that night, man. It was, it, was, it was a tough thing to deal with. And for Uriah Hall, like you said, he, they interviewed him, and he, he actually gave a really a, a good interview considering that, you know, that's not an interview you prepare for. And he was, you know, very gracious and, and kind to Chris Weidman calling on his family and everything, but it, it was, it was, it was a difficult thing to, to watch. And I, and that night I went ahead and said a prayer right then. People always say thoughts and prayers, man. I prayed for Chris Weidman that night. You know, I know he had surgery Sunday morning, but I'm going to say a few more prayers for that guy. Cause that was, that's, that's a tough, tough deal there. Yeah. It's one of those things where it's like you, you under, you understand that this is a part of sport, but when that happens, it's just like you said, when he, when he kicked him, I mean, he, he kicked him. And like facial expression stayed the same. He stayed focused. And then he went back and that leg went back and just seeing that thing dangle. I was like, oh, mm. I mean, it, it takes a lot to make me queasy. I saw that and I was just like, oh man, it, it's, it's, it's just one of those, you don't wish that on anybody. And um, that was the second fight of the night that got stopped um, due to a leg injury because um, Anthony Smith, he gets a win over Jim Crute uh, over a doctor stoppage because, um, Anthony Smith just blew his leg up and he couldn't get it together. So yeah, two fights. Um, yeah. So two fights ended on a injury stoppage and a doctor stoppage and um, moving right along. We go up the card. Then we got Valentina Shevchenko versus Jessica Andrade and the girls always put on like they do. And I said it before, heavy Chevy Shevchenko does it again, moving right up the card. Some more we got, Thug Rose, <laughs> Thug Rose, uh, Rose Namajuanas. I promise I was gonna get a name right this time. Namajunas, 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 Namajuanas, Mama Juanas. I'm I'm gonna call it Thug Rose. How about that? I like Thug that's Rose. That's good. That's yeah. good. Yeah. So so we got Thug Rose. Thug Rose gets the dub over um, Zhang Wei Li, and the new women's uh, strawweight champion is Rose Thug Rose Namajunas, and um. She worked very hard to get that as well, too. And moving up to the main event card, fellas, we got Jorge Masvidal versus Kamaru Usman. And um, B-Lab, what'd you take away from the main event? I'm going to say this, and it, I mean, it's pretty much self-explanatory. Game bread, Masvidal, he, he puts on a show He's a, he's a big ticket guy, 
but you you could clearly he was he was outclassed mm-hmm. again. And it's one of those things. It's it's great to um talk the talk, but you gotta walk the walk. And and Kamaru Usman said before the match, he said, anything you say before the fight can and will be held against you. I was like, oh, it just got real. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh man, this is it's not gonna be good. I, and but then the first round went by, and I was like, you know what? Okay, all right. Game Brady, he's 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 staying around, but I just but one thing that really it surprised me more than anything is that um Kamar Uzman's striking ability. You would you would thought he would out wrestle him and everything, but man, when he stuck him with that right, <laughs> oh boy, you just you just saw sweat and sweat explosion. <laughs> <laughs> he he knocked respect. Into game bread monster. I'm talking about after after it all happened, like you know, he was talking big, he was talking big, he talking cash. Monster was talking cash the entire time. Mm. As soon as he got hit with that right, you know, bro, bring bring it in, bring it in, bring bring it in. <laughs> Let's hug this. <laughs> Man, I have never seen somebody change their tone that quickly over a guy because he laid him all the way out, man. When I tell you again, this card was absolutely amazing. That that the fight, everything was is was exactly what I expected. I'm gonna say when it comes to Valentina, I I, I tried to stir the pot. I tried to go find drive, and no, it is it's it's clear as day that that wasn't even close. That it was, wasn't it even wasn't, close from the first seconds. That was not even close. Valentina Shevchenko was on another level. She is on clearly. There's her, and then there's everybody else. And what, what makes it even what like it was demoralizing to Andrade because Andrade is used to freaking handling handling her um her opponents, throwing them around. Ground game is second to none. Well, Nia is definitely well se- second to um Shevchenko, but yeah, you could see where she was trying to pick her up. And Shevchenko would like stretch out her legs. It could, and she could never get her off the ground. But Shevchenko was boom every time, every time, boom, twisted the hips, boom, kept laying up. I was like, she tied the record for most takedowns, and 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 of early um, in the uh, second, yeah. early in the second, didn't even yeah. if if it would went on any further, she'd have broke that record ridiculous. Yeah, she was just ragdolling. Of- <laughs> <laughs> was- I was like, oh my God, come on, baby. Come on, babies. Come on. I, I was I was like, I'm trying to do something. <laughs> Help. And then Thug Rose, what, what else is there to say? And new mm-hmm. to the point where you mentioned, um, Eddie Cool, you mentioned Lil Wayne earlier. Lil Wayne tweeted that he's actually going to make a song about Thug Rose. So she's about to she's about to rise to superstardom. I mean, she's already there, but I think this, this she handled her business, and I love every bit of it, man. It was it was great to see the first woman in UFC history to regain a title that she had lost. Wow! Yeah, she had uh, been the champion a few years ago. She had beat uh, Juana Jerzejek, I believe that's how you say her name. Then she lost to Andrade. It ends up uh, with Zhang Weili. And um, she caught her with that, t- that kick, man, that up kick. It just boom out of nowhere and and new. But uh, to, to get back to what you were saying about the uh, Usman and Masvidal thing, I think Masvidal made the mistake of 
trying to fight the same fight he fought the first time around. And he said that he didn't feel like Usman had striking power. And after he took a couple punches in the first round, he wasn't respecting that power. So he was open to take some punches in exchange and boom, nighty night, man. That was, that was awesome. So now Kamaru Usman is now projected himself into the conversation of best pound for pound fighter alive. I mean, we're in an era right now of, of superior champions. When you think of Valentina Shevchenko and Amanda Nunez, both in the women's division, nobody's taking their titles. They're just defending over and over and again, doing it dominantly. You got Usman now, he, seemingly unbeatable. Adesanya, I know he lost to Jan Blahovich, but that was, you know, up a weight class. So he's coming back down. And we just saw the beginning of Francis Ngannou's reign. You know, he just took over a champion who hadn't lost in, in five years. We are in a, a dominant title era here. Usman is going to fight Colby Covington next. So Usman's in the pattern already where he's refighting guys he's already beat because this was the second go-round with Masvidal. Mm-hmm. He's going to fight Colby Covington. You got to wonder if it's possible for him to move up 15 pounds and take on Adesanya. I mean, that's that's a little bit down the road because Adesanya's got um, a fight coming up with Marvin Vittori in June. That was a fight that he – that's going to be a rematch. They fought in 2018, and Adesanya won a split. And Vittori's a wrestler, and we saw what Lovich did when he got Adesanya on the ground, you know, uh, a month or two ago. And then they got Robert Whitaker in the background. So it could be down the road, but I'm saying middle to late next year, we may end up having a Usman move up to um, take on Israel Adesanya. That, you know, that's – that's getting ahead of ourselves here because Usman's got Colby Covington in a rematch and, and Covington gave him some problems. He gave him one of the toughest fights of his career whenever they fought the first time. So that's coming up for the UFC. And uh, we were talking earlier about, uh, you mentioned the um, Anthony Lionheart Smith fight and um, uh, the other guy with the leg injury. Um, uh, Jim Crute. Crute. Yeah. I missed that because I was watching Berlanga go for the knockout thing on the boxing. You know, he was going for the 17th consecutive first round knockout. Didn't get it, but he's still undefeated. So I, I missed that, that first, uh, I guess we'll say minor leg injury compared to what we saw later, but I missed that first. But all in all, man, guys, this card was good. This was a fun night and it was great to have the fans back. You could just see the energy levels ramp up and you felt it through the announced team. I mean, Cormier is really good. You know, you listen to him. He knows his stuff. He's really, really good. Joe Rogan's really good. Onyx, really good. That's a good announced team, man. They bring it on pay-per-view nights. So UFC had it going on. It was – and Buffer, of course, you know. <laughs> it, was a, it was a great, great night. Other than the Weidman black eye on the event, the whole thing was a, was a, it was a really a success, I thought. Yep, fellas. So we can say uh, UFC 261 was pretty doggone good. I thoroughly enjoyed it, Scotty, because uh, I was with you. I was kind of back and forth between, I was like, oh, Berlango's on TV. We got this going on. Berlango's on TV. I'm looking at uh, Lionheart coming out to return of the Mac. I'm like, return of the Mac. Beep, 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 beep. And it was just, <laughs> it was just sensory overload to the point. Like, you remember that one time we had an episode where there was so much going on to like, we didn't know what to do. Right. We, we didn't know what to do. It was like, hey, man, it, it's, it's a lot of stuff going on. So we'll just have to watch what we can. But uh, yeah. I was thoroughly pleased from the looks of it. You know, can, can we all say we all three were thoroughly pleased with the uh, UFC 261 card? Absolutely. Uh, awesome. Oh, yeah. I, I enjoyed that, man. That was great. Now, the big question is this. 
is there is is there a chance that we see um, Shevchenko versus Nunez? Will you think they could meet in the bantamweight division? Well, Nunez they fought Tony? they fought twice already, and okay. Nunez has, oh. has beaten her both times. And Dana White said the other night he wouldn't be that interested in that fight again unless both girls came to him and said we want to do this again. But uh, the way they actually um, Shevchenko was it was brought to her attention during her press conference the other night, and she said she thinks that fight's going to happen again at some point, but it's not something that she feels like it's an, an immediate like they're not coming up to that crossroads just yet. She said down the road, I think the you know we'll probably get uh, another match between the two, but. Um, you know, she's 0-2 against her already. It's, you know, it's a big weight difference at this point, especially because Amanda Nunez is already defending two weight classes. So um, I, I think Dana White doesn't want to ask Valentina to go up and wait again because right. <laughs> what's up there, you know? But, yeah. Yeah, it, 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 is, uh, it is definitely slim picking. So, uh, yeah, we can say UFC 261, it was an absolute success. Guess what, fellas? Today, uh, not today, but in a few days will be the NFL draft. The twenty twenty, yes, the twenty twenty one NFL draft. I know y'all probably want to. How come they haven't been talking about football? But when you got Todd McShay and then the helmet himself, Mel Kiper Jr. going back and forth, mock draft doing this stuff, mock draft doing that stuff. You, you, you got to admit, you know you're a little bit tired of that mess. You know you're just a little bit tired of it. But you know the week of the draft is the best time to talk about the draft because you got a lot of things going on between jockeying for position. The 49ers don't know who they want to get. Then they say who they want to get. And we don't know what the hell is going on. And with that being said, fellas, we know that Trevor Lawrence is going number one overall to the Jacksonville Jaguars. No secret. Spoiler alert. Whoops. Surprise. There it is because he's already donating to charities in Jacksonville. And so that's a dead giveaway. So with him going there, fellas, here's the question that I pose to the bros. All right. Who is going where and who will be the best fit to their team? Be live. You first. Here's the, and it, here's the thing. It depends on if they, this one of those things, it depends on what teams actually do. Because there's almost a foregone conclusion right now that the 49ers moved up and I think they are sold on Mac Jones. Mm-hmm. Here's, a, here's, here's the million-dollar question. Is Mac Jones good because of the talent that was around him, or is he that standout quarterback that can really bring it to the next level? And that, that's, that's the one thing. I feel like uh, I feel like a couple teams are sleeping on um, – I see, I just had a brain fart while I'm just in um, – John Fields, Justin Fields. Fields. I, I feel like every every time they rank the, all the quarterbacks, they put him in number five, number five, number five. I'm like, am am I am I watching the same guy? And I, I'll admit it on the air. Are we watching the same guy that dismantled my um, Clemson Tigers in the semifinals last year? I, but of course, Trevor Lawrence is the best. That, that goes without question. I just I'm not. I don't know. I'm not sold on. Mac Jones, but he has, I think he has the best chance to succeed. I think the 49ers are already built for success. And so and it's just a matter of um, chemistry. I think, I think he's highly intelligent. 
I think he's able to put the ball where it needs to be. The biggest question that everybody has said was his mobility because the game has changed. Like mm-hmm. outside of outside of your Tom Brady, there's not too many quarterbacks that are able to sit in the pocket and be successful. Defenses defenses have just gotten better. So be, being that dual threat, being a mobile quarterback definitely opens up the game a lot. And I don't know, Mac Jones, can he do it? He's going to be the biggest question. He's going to be the biggest what if. But he's also, if the 49ers pick him, he's in the best position out of any of the quarterbacks. So we shall see. Scotty D, what you think over there? What you got going on? Yeah, I, I don't I, know. I, because I, I, I see the gears over there clicking, Scotty D. You, you, you're chomping at the bit to say something. What you think? Well, uh, it's it seems like like B-Lab's right, but his, his San Francisco could definitely tip their hand. I mean, because I've, you know, it depends on what day of the week and what network you're, you're, you're listening to. And, uh, you know, it, it, fields might go third and then Trey Lance, where does he factor in? And, you know, and do the Patriots jump up into you know, try to make a move. People tell me they, they, they can't wait to see what the Cowboys do, but I wouldn't be surprised if the Cowboys moved down out of there. I don't see them moving up. There was rumors going on a little while ago. They might be moving up the four to Atlanta and take pits. But I told you guys a while ago, I thought that the Falcons were going to take pits. I, I kind of feel like they're going to be locked in on him and the Bengals. Let's see if they screw this up, but they got Penny Sewell right there. If he's going to be the first lineman off the board and you spent last year taking a blue chip quarterback, number one, you got to take him. Don't mess that up, Cincinnati. You got to protect that guy. He already broke his leg once. Yeah, so pr- protect that dude. Um, I think the cow. I think the Cowboys probably will stay put if Patrick Sertain is there. If he gets pulled off the board, I could see the Cowboys moving down and trying to grab another corner slower down and adding some draft capital. And another thing I'm interested in is see what happens with Travis Etienne, the big, the big Clemson running back. Is he going to be a Steeler? Because you know, Connor took off the Steelers running game was suspect last year. He could be what they're looking for out, you know, up here in Pittsburgh. I don't know. I mean, you watch, you watch network. There's multiple sports networks to watch and you watch and you see mock drafts left and right. And they're all different. And it only takes one trade to bust all that stuff up. And now they're doing mock trades. They're like, Oh, I'm projecting this team to trade. Come on, man. We know two things. We know. Trevor Lawrence is going to the Jaguars and Wilson's going to the Jets. That after that, we don't really know. Although I tell you, the Bengals better take Penny Sewell. Yeah, you're right. The Bengals they better do that. They better not screw that up. Yeah, you you can't just draft like Joe Burrows and then like not have him, you know, any protection. So I'm looking at the PFF, the Pro Football Folks draft. Of course, we got Trevor Lawrence going to the Jags at one. Zach Wilson, as you said, one and two is already decided. Um, Zach Wilson going to the Jets and then number three, um, Justin Fields to Ohio State. These are mock drafts now. The Atlanta Falcons, somebody called it over here. Um, they snagged Kyle Pitts with the fifth pick. I'm sorry, with the fourth pick. I'm sorry, I can't read today. The fifth pick, uh, the, the Cincinnati Bengals projected to grab Jamar Chase, the wide receiver from LSU. That's gonna be a nice don't do to- that. Don't do that. Yep. Protect uh, your quarterback. Yep, the Broncos There's other receivers on the board. Yep, the Broncos at six. Uh, they'll grab uh, Trey Lance. Lord knows they need some help quarterback. Drew Locke, he just ain't it. Uh, number seven, the Detroit Lions, Jalen Waddle, the wide receiver standout from Alabama. The Carolina Panthers be live at eight. Pro Football Focus has us projected to pick Penny Sewell, the lineman 
from Oregon at the eighth spot. Devontae Smith goes nine to the Miami Dolphins. The Patriots at the 10 spot, they grab quarterback Mac Jones. And this all this is according to the pro football focus mock draft because at any day and time, like Scotty D says, it can all flip-flop and change at a moment's notice. So, fellas, are we ready for the draft? Are we oh, ready? <laughs> yeah, man. I promise you I'll be glued. Glued I'll be, day one I'll be just happy not to watch the mock drafts going across the bottom of the screen. I mean, I don't even watch the four-letter network anymore unless there's a sporting event on. And I was watching a, a ball game last week in the UFC prelims the other day, and across the bottom, there it is. A mock draft, draft. Hypers, McShay. And they're different every day. So 17.0. <laughs> yeah. yeah I, I, think, I, I think the one I just read is like 23.0. I'm like, who got that kind of time? <laughs> Are these guys some nerds? Like, like what, what the hell is going on? Like, who has that kind of time? Okay, well. Today, I'm going to wake up and I'm going to make a draft, a, a mock draft. And then six weeks later, man, ain't nobody got time for all that mess, man. It's, it's, here's the thing. Here's the thing, though. I mean, um, Kuiper, Amick, Shay, they've, they, they, they're, that's what they're known for. And it's been seen throughout history, though, that what they pick actually, like, general managers do follow what, like, literally what, what these guys are talking about. And then they have their insider sources and everything. And that's why I just I feel like there's a reason why for the majority of time people kept saying that Mac Jones was going to San Francisco. Somebody's been talking about it. I'm like, then then I say about Jarrah, he ha, he has an affinity for um um Kyle Pitts. So I, like, but th- there's two things that need to happen. Yes, Cincinnati. If you do not pick an old lineman, you're silly. I love the fact that. Carolina might be looking at an old lineman because that that's something that we we definitely need. We definitely need to build on that. Um, and Dallas, if they don't pick a defensive player in the first round, Scotty D, I'm sorry. Like, I, I, if they don't, we're gonna we're, we're going to um, ask for a um, for a um, money man rant because I know it's gonna be. Coming. <laughs> I, I know you're going to lose your ever loving mind if Dallas does not go defense because their defense was absolutely atrocious last year. And so, and one other thing I'm looking at um, a couple of rankings of like the top, um, top rated um, prospects, and everything. Don't forget about um, Rashawn Slater um, offensive tackle out of Northwestern. He's actually um, looks like he's actually ranked higher than um, Panay Sewell. So Cincinnati and Carolina should pick up those two guys. Yeah. It, it, uh, yeah. It, okay. If it's not Sewell, it's gotta be the other guy. I mean, <laughs> You got yeah, it, you got to protect Burrow, right? I mean, you have to. And don't I, I, mess this up, Cincinnati. Don't take a receiver. You got receivers. Don't mess it up. Receivers will. There will be receivers in the second round. Like if you if you're that bad, I promise you, the the wide receiver core this year. There's there's a lot to pick from. And I mean, again, I will say this from the from the four letter net four letter network. Um. I was watching, uh, I was, what was it? Um, first, not first take, but um, get up. Mm-hmm. And Greeny said this and it made perfect sense. When it comes to O-linemen and wide receivers, who lasts longer and who stays with the team longer? And the O-linemen is the number one ranked um, position when it comes to longevity on a team. You want to know what's dead last on a team for longevity? <laughs> 
wide I would, receiver. I, I would have said running back, except you were leading me to wide receiver. Yeah, I know. So, I know. Yeah. So, yeah. That's, so, that's, that's, that's interesting. So, yeah, like it, it just makes more sense. If you need O-line, pick, get O-line in the first round. Wide receivers, they're dime a dozen. Not many of them stay. Can, actually, can we name one wide receiver that has stayed with the same team the entire time of their career? Larry Fitzgerald. That, that, yep. But that's about, um, not many beyond that. Even the great Jerry Rice was on multiple teams. Right. Steve, Steve Largent, but that was a different era. Yeah. So yeah, it's just it, it's it, yeah, it's just, it's not a thing. Even though old linemen are, I mean, they sometimes they go nameless at times, but it's just you're protecting the mo the you're protecting the franchise, which is usually the quarterback. So yep. yeah, just there's a reason why old linemen get paid what they get paid. They and then for people that don't know, old linemen make a lot of money. They <laughs> on the tune some to 50, 15 to twenty million dollars just to protect that guy. Um, that's um, getting the ball majority of the time. So yeah, go old Lyman Cincinnati Bengals, please. This dude, dude, you got to, you got to. Yeah, speaking yeah. of yeah, speaking of yeah, if you don't, it's going to be yeah. fire your GM. All right. Uh, speaking of um, beefing up the old line, you see what Kansas City did, right? They went out and got Orlando Brown because they was like, you know what? Uh, we need to take care of this right now. We need to go good get news. Yeah, good a good move because hey man, you. You get, hey, that's a half a billion dollars you got back there, man. So you have to protect it. You have to protect it. But, fellas, guess what? We don't have a half a billion dollars, but it's, guess, it's that time again. Do you know what time it is? Draft time? Draft time? Nope. No, 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 no. no. It, not yet. No. Nope. Not, what time not is it? yet. What that's time good. is it, though? That's not too far away. That's on Thursday. Oh, I'm glad you asked. It is time once again for our favorite portion of the show, the choices of the voices. And with that being said, hey, yo, Button. Hit it. And now, our favorite part of the show, the choices of the voices. Once again, thank you to the wonderful and ever so lovely Miss Button for introducing our favorite part of the show. You heard the woman. We've been doing this thing like a hundred plus times. She ain't got no reason to lie. Would she ever? I don't think so. How does Charles and Eddie say it? Would I lie to you, baby? Oh, I'm sorry. I've been having karaoke flashbacks, but that's either here nor there. Choices of the voices time. Well, we give you a question. You give us some answers. We give you our answers. We might pick at you. We, you know, we might, you know, you might give us something to laugh at. But overall, it's just good, clean fun. And with that being said, Scotty D, what's the question for this week's choices of the voices? All right. With the draft coming up, the question we asked was, who were you really, really excited to see get picked for your favorite team on draft day? You know, there are times when you're like, no, we could have had so-and-so, or yes, we glad we got, who, who's one that fired you up? And you're like, yes, let's play today because we got this dude. Eddie, cool. What answers do we get here? Oh, oh actually, you know what? Hold on, hold on. Before we okay. go on, um, I actually was talking to my dad about this. You guys know I'm a big Dallas Cowboy fan, and I wanted to give you my dad's answer. As a Dallas Cowboy fan, he said, Tony Dorsett, because back in 1977, the Cowboys somehow pried the number two pick overall off of the Seattle Seahawks. And Tony Dorsett had just won the Heisman at Pitt. So you had a local guy here that was a lot of hype around him. And to see him uh, go to the Cowboys, number two, he was number two overall. Number one was Ricky Bell, running back, went to the Buccaneers. Tony Dorsett was number two, Hall of Fame career. So that one had my dad fired up. So I thought that was kind of neat because 
I, as a little kid, Tony Dorsett was already my hero when I was kind of growing up. So that was my dad's pick. That's Jerry Donnelly. But Eddie Cool, who else did we get on our, our list here? All right. Shout out to Jerry Donnelly for that answer. Yep. Tony Dorsett. That was a great answer. All right. Here we go. We got Joe Gaffkin, a.k.a. Joy Buckets. And he said <laughs> Bobby Brittle Three Sticks, a.k.a. <laughs> RG3. <laughs> I was reading over some of these answers. I'm over here like, you know what? I, I, I realize it, it, we're we are um, our, our listeners are a product of our environment. <laughs> the, shen- the shenanigans and the silliness that we produce, it resonates in our listeners. Come, come, bruh, Joy, Joy Buckets, RG3, you were excited about that. I called that when it first happened. Everybody hyped up RG3. I called that from jump. I'm like, I don't see this resonate in the NFL. This have y'all not just have, we've been either we've been watching different football ever, but when it comes to college versus pro, it's just a completely different game. You've seen I, so. You see, I agree, so many but he was like you said, he was hyped though. He had a lot he of was, hype coming in. I and I I never understood it. You know, you you wait a minute. Let, let me let me get my mind right because um, I'm come back to this in a second. Do do you remember that people had him better than Cam Newton? Like he was that's yeah. that's how people were. I'm like, what in what world? Where do you see? You know what? Will but then the Red, the Redskins actually moved up to get him though, right? Yes, they, yes, they, they traded did. up. I mean, Andrew Luck went number one, and then they traded up to get to get RG three. And then took Kirk Cousins later in the same draft. You like that, don't you? You like that. <laughs> I just. It, but he's it, a Heisman. I mean, he won the Heisman. He was coming in with a lot of hype. Heisman Trophy winner. You know, the team was lacking at the quarterback position. Maybe Rex Grossman was here the year before. I can't remember. But, <laughs> yeah, you know. Another, another turd in the punch bowl. And that was a very weird draft. Like, how do you draft, like, the Heisman Trophy winner and draft some kid from Michigan State, like already saying, like you know what, um, just in case you don't pan out, we got a backup plan. And if you ask me, I think, um, I think Shanahan ruined his career. I'm just gonna go ahead and put it out there because he was doing pretty good. RG3 was doing pretty good, and he was he was he was making headway. But then once he got hurt and all this other stuff, it just went from oh, in it all, all falls down, and it was just bad. Just no, just, I think I think the film got looked at. That's think what so? I think. Yeah, I think he got figured out. Yeah, he got figured. Yeah, right. That 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 film, man. That's what happened in Cam Newton's second year. I'm like, yeah, they, they figured you out, bro. So you got to figure something out some way, somehow. Moving right along, we got a friend to the show, Big Brother Jr. He said, "Good old Stone Hands, aka Nelson Aguilar." <laughs> Again, I've never heard of that dude before he got drafted. I I couldn't tell you when he got drafted, but may, maybe maybe that's a thing. I I I. I Again, another answer. I was just like, of course. Here's one thing I've also noticed is that you you're gonna know your teams better than we will. So maybe maybe that maybe that's a big thing. But yeah, uh, once again, an- another draft pick that uh, didn't quite really pan all the way out. But um, it, one one um one of our listeners um Hot Rod Rodney Bellamy really shocked me with his one. Um, I just want to make sure. Because um, um, I saw him um, right above um, Smooth Jr. 
Okay. Oh, I did, Rodney. I promise nothing personal. I, I got a little happy, but here you go. Rodney O'Neill Bell. I mean, he said Dolphins pretty much <laughs> the bed every draft. So they called my boy Christian Wilkins' name, and I was pleasantly surprised. Now, B Live, can you describe the dynamic between Rodney and Duke and whatever else going on there? <laughs> I, I will be more than glad to. Okay. Um, um, let me go ahead and get this out of the way because, and there's a reason why I put emphasis on this because at the end of the day, all roads lead to Dabo. Yes, sir. You, you know where I was going with this. You already do it. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> Christian Wilkins dropping the split after the national championship win. Yes, sir. That's my dude. But yes, 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 yes. So, um, Rodney, um, he is a, um, I said, knowing him growing up and everything, I'm not sure exactly where he was born, but growing up in South Carolina, we had two choices. We literally had two choices and I still catch flat for it every single every day. It is what it is. When it comes to college football in the state of South Carolina, you have two choices. You have Clemson and you have South Carolina. That's the state of South Carolina. When it comes to college basketball, on the other hand, Clemson North South Carolina really had story basketball programs, but the, um, the state just north of us has the greatest rivalry in all of sports, and that is North Carolina versus Duke. So you chose sides at a very early age. And so Rodney, like myself, Rodney chose Clemson and Duke. I chose Clemson and North Carolina. Eddie Cool, he, he does his own thing. Um, JR, another, um, someone else that did that, he chose South Carolina and Duke. So it, we, we, ha we had those choices. We really didn't pick one school for everything because they just really – it was football and basketball. Those are two big sports, and everything else um, was there, so to speak. So that that's what the dynamic was with um with Hot Rod there. And I, I was like, wait, 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 wait. I I had, I had asked him. I was like, wait a minute, you you I know you you would do. <laughs> why is you so happy about um Christian Wilkins? And he was like, well, hey, I, I back Clemson in football, and he, he explained exactly what I already knew. But I was like, I right, you know what, I'll allow it. We good. So, um, yeah. Yes, sir. Moving right along. <laughs> the, best, the best name in the game, Joe Cuffer, he said it was 1987 when Pittsburgh used the 10th pick to select Rod Woodson. He wound up being everything you could want in a defensive back. Great man-to-man -man skills, excellent speed, hits like a truck, and played the run well. Many could argue that he's the blueprint of the modern cornerbacks and safeties. Okay. Okay. Uh, let, let me chime in on this one, because I have to tell you, I remember when Woodson got drafted being from Western Pennsylvania and the growing sentiment was disappointment because at the time, most Steeler fans wanted to draft DJ Dozier, the running back out of Penn State, and he ended up going to the Vikings like two picks later or something like that. A lot of people weren't even really that familiar with Woodson, so I don't remember a lot of people being on Joe Comfort's wavelength here as far as that goes, because by and large, I was hearing disappointment. But in hindsight, what a good pick comparatively, because Dozier didn't last very long in the NFL. And of course, Woodson did go on to become a Hall of Famer and a person, uh, a, a player that I really spent a lot of years hating. <laughs> he was hating on Rod Woodson, man. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah, I'm pretty sure you guys was like, who? He went to Purdue. What the hell's a Rod Woodson? Trust me, I get it. Because there's sometimes Carolina have made picks, and I was like, 
who the hell? But in the words of the Almighty Be Live, I digress. We got the Hall of Famer himself, um, Uncle Max. I'm skipping around, but Craig Burns, I'm gonna come back to you. Uncle Max, he said Sterling Sharp in 1988. He made his presence known immediately. It was sad that a neck injury ended his career only after six years. Yep. Yeah, he was he was nasty, man. Yep. Sterling Sharp was awesome. Yeah, I, yeah, that was an, again a career that could have been spectacular, but ended short um, with injuries. So, man, oh man, but yeah, I definitely see the hype behind Sterling Sharp. Yeah, he was on Jerry Rice's heels. I remember, um, I think I said it before, it was the Thanksgiving game between the Packers and the Cowboys, and the Cowboys couldn't do nothing, nothing with Sterling Sharp. I think he he he, he himself got like three touchdowns that game, if I'm not mistaken. I was like. This 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 dude is pretty good. And that was like back in like what ninety four or something like that. So, yeah, he was um pretty big deal, pretty good. All right, I'm sorry, Craig Burns. Back to you, sir. He said this physical specimen, and he put a picture of Tom Brady. Okay, there's a reason why there's a reason why he got skipped because go, go ahead. Scott. I, this, call, this, this, this. I call BS. <laughs> I felt it. I, I was like I let, I would let I would let Scott have this because there ain't no, no way. No. <laughs> Nobody was excited when this pick happened. You may have said, eh, that's not a bad pick, but you were not excited. You might have been excited when Drew Bledsoe got picked a couple years before that, number one overall. But no, there's no hype of Brady coming out. Yo, Brady, we got Tom Brady. Wasn't he the quarterback of Michigan? Oh, yeah, I mean, he could be a nice pick. That reaction I could buy, but I'm not buying it. Anybody was excited when Tom Brady got picked to the Patriots because Drew Bledsoe was very early in his career and he was rolling early. Yeah, Bledsoe, so there. Yeah, Bled was on fire, and we got an impromptu edition of I Call BS in the <laughs> middle of choices of the voices. <laughs> that was hilarious. I, I was about to hit him with you. Why you always lying? <laughs> oh my God, stop All that doggone line. But ah, Craig Burns is dripping with sarcasm. Drip, drip. All right, with that being said, moving right along, William Jarjo, he said, Julius Peppers um, for the Panthers, North Carolina boy, all the way through. Yes, Julius Peppers, number 90, one of the best to ever do it. Will's a big Tar Heel fan, too, so that was what his favorite player from his favorite college wound his favorite NFL team, so that's that's a great, great choice. Yeah, uh, a little known fact, I don't know if everybody knew, but uh, Julius Peppers did play basketball at the University of North oh, Carolina, yeah. too. Yep. So, you know, you we was able to see him, you know, on the court and on the field. And he was real deal Holyfield. Yep. Julius Peppers. All right. Trina Dunn, she said, Jordan Love, emoji laughing crazy. Not really. <laughs> Controversy again. on that one last year. Yeah. Uh, again, the product of our <laughs> environment. I'll tell you what. And you know what? I'm going to say this. I, I absolutely love the sarcasm. It, 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 it just like, man. We really, this is our fault. Yeah. <laughs> this is absolutely our fault. We recreated this monster that is called Sports Bros Podcast. Because at the end of the day, it's by the fan, for the fan. And <laughs> dripping with sarcasm. Jordan Love, really. I mean, you know what? I'm not even going to lie to you. I'm not even going to lie to you, though. I will say this. I'm actually curious. When that time does come, him sitting on the sideline with all of this going on, Will he actually perform? Because we still haven't, we really haven't seen him yet. So maybe he'll he, get to host Jeopardy. <laughs> maybe. Oh, I, can't, 
I can't wait to see my boy LeVar Burton when he does it. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm about to say, yeah, did LeVar Burton get the nod recently? He did. He's, he's coming up. He's coming up. He'll, he'll be hosting a week in July. Oh, so. good, 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 good. Hopefully it turns into a permanent position for um, LeVar Burton. All right, moving right along. We got Corey Logren who read us a freaking essay, but I'm going to read in short form. <laughs> All right, Corey Logren said, Cordell Stewart was the last Steelers player drafted that had me excited for them before I went all in as a Panthers fan. Welcome to the club. Uh, Panthers had so many former Steelers uh, players and coaches, plus they made the NFC Championship game in 96 that I, that I was completely converted, all right? Since there have been many Panthers picks that got me fired up for next season, Julius Peppers, Thomas Davis, John Beeson upset me because ironically I was hoping for Greg Olson, Jeff Otah, because who doesn't love a top-tier first-round left tackle? Facts. Cam Newton, Luke Kuechly, Kevin Benjamin. Uh, I also thought that Kevin Benjamin was our Megatron. Uh, Christian McCaffrey, and last but not least, Brian Burns. Yeah, um, so he, he picked everybody. So I was about to say, Scott, Scotty D, could you could you um, give us your response to his answer? <laughs> he said it's a tie between everyone the Panthers have chosen since 1997. Okay, we we got you. You're a fan. Everybody. Oh my god! I was like, I, he just I, went ahead and named the whole the whole draft <laughs> roster for the last twenty years. I I chuckled. I chuckled <laughs> when you said that. I was like, man, Scotty D, uh the gift that keeps on giving. Gotta love it. Yeah, he is the gift that keeps on giving. All right, here we go. We got um we got Maddie Ice Martin Tracy. He says Drew Bledsoe for sure. I there was, you go. Yep. I was so glad Seattle picked Rick Meyer first. <laughs> I'm glad too for But you. they didn't. They didn't. They didn't. Rick yeah. Meyer went second. Bledsoe was number one. Yeah, he was number I, one. I, I double checked that. I double checked that. But okay. He said Bledsoe was a beast out of the shoot. And he said something here. Um, I guess it wasn't for a serious injury giving Brady a shot. I think the team, the Pats, had them defensively. Uh, Bledsoe would have won a championship. So, uh, so in other words, um, had had Bledsoe not gotten hurt, he think um, you know he think Bledsoe would have been a pretty good guy. Hey, like you said, Scotty, Bledsoe was rolling. He was definitely rolling. They they may have won the Super Bowl that year with Bledsoe. Yeah. Had he not gotten hurt, I mean, I know Brady stepped in and and the team rallied behind him, but who, who's to say Bledsoe may have won one or two Super Bowls with the, with those teams? Possible. Yeah, Bledsoe was a problem. Bledsoe, yeah, okay, so he does have a ring to his career, so it's, it's not a complete, you know, you know, drizzle away. All right, so with that being said, here we go. We got terrible Pete Talansky. He said back in '81, I was excited when the New York Football Giants drafted the best linebacker to ever play in Lawrence Taylor. Uh, more recently, drafting Saquon Barkley was really awesome, especially being a Penn State fan as well, too. So, like you, Scotty D, with Tony Dorsett, and um, Pete Talansky feels the same way about Saquon Barkley. Going to his Very understandable. Team. He was spectacular coming out of college, for sure. Yeah, his, his legs are like tree troughs. His legs are like ginormous. Like, this dude is huge, huge, huge. But um, Saquon, I'm going to need to get healthy, bro, and have some good, healthy years. Have some good, healthy years. Why right, move right along. We got Tom Wynn. He said, I'm thinking when the Browns got Bernie Kosar in a supplemental draft. Yeah, it was kind of an under the radar thing. Yeah. I mean, but Bernie was he was good. He's another one who was uh, I mean, 
he was he was pretty heralded coming out of Miami, and I can't remember why he didn't go in the regular draft. I don't remember why he ended up in the supplemental draft. But if you were a Brown fan, I could see being excited because that was kind of at the end of the Brian Sipe era in the early '80s for the Brownies. So, okay, Bernie. Oh, and here comes our boy. Oh boy, the king of foolishness, the one, the only <laughs> trade Dizzle trade dude. And he said, I was super excited when we drafted that Prescott because <laughs> now every week I don't expect to win. So my heart and stress levels are, <laughs> are in much better shape. Now I just watch the Cowboys um, so I can so I can laugh and then cry. <laughs> and that's the trade dupe that we know and love. Oh my goodness. He's, he's still not happy, is he? No, no, no. <laughs> he's he's, he's going to be miserable until Dak leaves and he just signed a big deal and he's going to be there for a while. So Trey, Trey's going to be uh, laughing and then crying for a long time. And I feel your pain, my brother. Let's hope Dak can do it. Come on, Dak. I'm about to say, didn't Trey Dizzle just have a procedure recently? Yeah. Bruh, Trey Dizzle, you got to be careful, baby. You got to be careful. You got to be careful, man. We don't want you <laughs> back in the hospital with another procedure because of Dakota Prescott. All right? We don't want that to happen. No, not at all. None whatsoever. All right, so Chris Rivera, he says, um, I know most 49er fans want Justin Fields, and the media says we will draft Mac Jones. But I personally think it is going to be Trey Lance. He's a big mobile guy with a big arm and can be molded by Kyle Shanahan. Let's just hope he wins the Super Bowl um, to fit his system next year. And if we can work magic and get J.C. Horn, the cornerback from South Carolina, that would be fantastic. But I don't see it happening. At least you're a realist, Chris. Um, let me go ahead and um, get this out of the way. Um, Chris Rivera. Um, since you did not read um, the question um, the, the way it was supposed to be read, um, guess what? <laughs> Penalty box. <laughs> Chris, we I were try, talking bro. about we were talking about past. We were talking about the past. <laughs> not right now. We're, we we'll talk about the draft picks and what happened. That that'll be next week's episode. But um, we, we were talking about the past. We we're not talking about speculation, but. I, I I feel I feel your intensity. I feel where you was trying to go with this, and we're not going to. Yeah, we are. We are. We are, we are going to pick on you because um again, you got to read the question. The money man works really hard, hundred and six episodes to come up with these unique questions for our listeners, and you you, you got to read them. We got so we just we just can't we just can't allow the um the. Um, the carelessness we can't allow it. So, um, yep. Um, Chris Rivera, hashtag penalty box. Uh, yes, sir. But you, but we participate your uh, <laughs> the who what the, the they oh, went sorry. <laughs> we appreciate your participation. <laughs> we appreciate your participation. Um, the answer like had a lot of fervor to it. It's all good, all well, fine, and dandy. Look, we rolling live. I'm not hitting no stop button. We gonna keep rolling, 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 rolling. All right. And with that being said, we want to give a shout out to Joe. Uh, then we want to give a shout out also to Jerry, Jerry Donnelly. That's right. Uh, Jr. Joe Comfort, um, Craig Burns, Uncle Maxwell, Georgia, Trisha, Trina Dunn. I'm sorry. Corey Lagerin, Martin Tracy, Terrible Pete Tulansky, Tom Wynn, Trey Duke, and Chris Rivera for their participation in this week's Choices of the Voices. Scotty D, 
What say you? Well, back in uh, 1989, when the Cowboys picked Troy Aikman overall number one, that was kind of already a, a given, you know, so I, it wasn't a whole lot of excitement. And if you remember, the draft wasn't as nearly big back then as as it's built up to be now. I mean, they may have had a mock draft the day before <laughs> back then. So I wasn't as super excited about the draft like I, I came to over the years. So the, the name that really had me jumping out of my seat was Des Bryant back in 2010, because Des Bryant was looked at to be the best receiver on the board, but there were some questions about his character and he slapped his mom with a hat or something like that. Something, something weird, but Jesus anyway, Christ. It, it was a weird thing and you know it was something that the media blew up and it, it turned out to be a whole big thing then he did slide down the board and the cowboys ended up getting him i think 24th overall and i was pumped because i was like this dude has all the tools to be a big time receiver and he was a pretty darn good one for the cowboys for a lot of years so i remember um des bryant being a guy that i was like really excited to see get in get out on the field i was pretty excited last year too when they picked cd lamb Ironically, both receivers, and we just talked about how receivers don't have the longevity as a lot of other positions, but those two were uh, two, two of the ones that really excited me the most. Do, can I guess, do you two have the same one? Be live. Um, do I know who yours is? Well, um, you tell may or may not. but you Tell me, and I'll, I'll tell you uh, if I was right. Well, um, see, this is how, this is how I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it because as our listeners do know, that me and Eddie Cool are both diehard Carolina Panthers fans. Keep pounding! Keep okay, pounding. okay, okay, okay. <laughs> but yeah, so my initial answer, I'm not even going to lie to you, was Julius Peppers. My initial answer, that, and William Georgia hit the nail on the head. North Carolina boy, dual, dual sport threat. He just a freak of nature, this physical specimen, everything you could have ever wanted out of a defensive end. Come on, Julius Peppers, that's an easy answer. But since somebody answered that, you know what, I, I just want to reach in my hat real quick, and I, I'm pretty sure I, I stole um, Eddie Cool's answer. But I mean, you may have something else. Who knows? We had just lost, I still think, our greatest coach. Like, I have, like, Ron Rivera's, Ron Rivera's great, but I had an affinity for John Fox. But after the Panthers went 2-14, and 14, yeah, it was, that was a very, very, very rough year, and we needed something, something. We were the worst team in the NFL, and we needed something. And it just so happened to be this one guy that came out of Auburn, Won the, um, won the Heisman, won the national championship, may have stole a laptop when he was at Florida, but <laughs> it is what it is. And in tunes of the one, the only, Cameron Jarrell Newton. And, man, what I still say to this day, he took the Carolina Panthers to heights – unseen he was the reason that our franchise is now a multi-billion dollar franchise mm-hmm. and it tunes of 2.4 billion dollars and that was because of the hype that cameron newton brought to the team 
again, that 2015 season is just, it is what it is. 15 and one made our way to the Super Bowl, head hunting Denver Broncos. I'm going to leave that alone. But man, just, I was like, yeah, we, we, we get Cam Newton and he, he did everything that he was supposed to do. And unfortunately, just because of just the nature of the dual threat quarterback and just the injuries and everything, it's unfortunate, but he, at the end of the day, I'm I'm such a huge Carolina Panthers fan, and even to the next level because of Cam Newton. And so when we drafted him, I was like, "This is going to be that turnaround." And it did not take him long. He took he took the he took the league by storm. Broke broke you know say so broke a couple records that you know Peyton Manning once had, and it was like, it was like yeah, this is going to be spectacular. This is going to be very special. So. Julius Peppers, Cam Newton, Yezer. Yeah, be I just said it all. I mean, Cam Newton, just like you said, the year before, that was a horrible season. I'm just sitting looking at TV like, uh, there's got to be a way that we can bounce back and just come back from this. Alas, come riding in on the white horse was Cam Newton. As B-Live said, he came in. You know, he, he made an impact real quick, real fast, because I'm over here looking at the NFL draft, the uh, top four picks. Uh, Cam Newton went number one. Von Miller went number two. Marcel Darius, is he still in the league? Yep, he went number three. And A.J. Green went number four. So, I mean. I forgot, I forgot that Von Miller went right after Cam Newton. Went right after him. Went right after oh. him. We, oh. we, listen, we, listen, we could have had Von Miller, but, but, but. Things happen, and like you said, that that 2015 season probably would never happen if we would have gotten Von Miller. So he stayed, and he but, really went after him in the Super Bowl. That's when he really went after. We we get that was you didn't need to say that. We did you, did you not already see the pain? You saw the pain. God, I was I was just throwing a random sports. No, you know you you, you, know, you 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 did you. Oh my! God. I just was throwing it because you said he went I after met, him, and I, I was saying he went after him. It was just kind of like. Uh, yeah. All right. Go ahead. Go ahead, Eddie. Cool. Yeah. So, Ooh, yeah. God. I wasn't taunting. I just yes, you him. were. I didn't yes, say taunt him. <laughs> you you and knew. I, and now he's screaming oh. to the mic, Scotty. His brand new mic. He, 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 he popping in the red, so he gonna be <laughs> screaming and holler. So we are gonna bring it down a little bit. Um. Yeah. So um. Yeah. Looking at that draft class, I'm glad we got Cam Newton. And Cam Newton, you know, he, he did a <laughs> he, he did a great job, not only for the organization, but also for the community. Um, as we know, man, uh, football is a business, so sometimes you can't get attached to one player too long. Um, it was still kind of messed up how we got out of Carolina when things happened, but Cam Newton, I can't say nothing but thank you um, for your contributions to the Panthers organization. As a diehard Panthers fan, I was like, yeah, I got one of the best quarterbacks in the league. My franchise, I can boost having a hey, we got a we got a we got an MVP as well too, and a lot of organizations can't say that. You know, they they can't say that. But um, I would have to say, as soon as we got Cam Newton, yeah, he he was dabbing. I remember when the mom from Tennessee, she got all aggravated about he doing too much dancing. Sadly, there's a time and place you keep your mouth shut and watch the football. And like Cam said, if you don't like it, stop it. Dabbing on him, still dabbing on him all these years later. So, um, yep, my choice is Cam Newton. And with that being said, Scotty D, what's the question for next week's choices of the voices? 
All right. If I'm nothing, I'm very topical. True. So last week, a big movie came out called The Mortal Kombat. The Mortal Kombat starring Denzel Washington and Jane Curtin and Nick Nolte. Now, The Mortal Kombat was based on a video game that came out in the late 70s from the Atari gaming system. No good? No. <laughs> the Mortal wait, wait. Kombat came out last week, right? You, didn't you see the Mortal Kombat? I'm like, I saw, what? I'm like, I'm I saw, like, I saw Mortal Kombat. I don't know what right. the That's Mortal said, Kombat yeah. is. Yeah, the Mortal I Kombat starring Denzel that... Washington and Nick Nolte and Jane Curtin. Where the anyway, hell is Jane Curtin? <laughs> anyway, that was based on a video game from the late 70s, the Atari gaming systems. So that brings me to the question What is your all time favorite sports video game? Pretty oh, wow. simple. I was like, I, I see, I see where he was going, but just, just wrong. <laughs> Mortal, the Mortal Kombat was a video game first, so that's why we're going to the video. Yeah, well, games. Mortal Kombat, yes, was a yeah, video right. game first. It, it, I hope I'm, I hope I'm not wrong, but he got me second guessing everything. I'm pretty sure it's from oh, Sega, that's the no, that's the Sega gaming got. system. Oh, okay. Right. Somebody maybe gave me bad notes on this. Maybe I'm, maybe who, I'm wrong. Who, hey, who's giving you notes? You got the more oh, you got the Mortal stabbed. Kombat. The Mortal the, Kombat. The Mortal Kombat. Boy, I'll tell you what. Very, very popular. <laughs> I was a little kid. Very, very popular when I was a little kid. The Mortal Kombat. Roll Mortal credits. Cutscene. <laughs> anyway, what is your all-time favorite sports video game? That's what we're asking for next week. Choices of the voices. Yeah, uh, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening and watching the foolishness known as the choices of the voices. Jane Curtin, come and holler at your boy. Where you been all my life? No, I'm so joking. Hey, thanks for participating, y'all. <laughs> See y'all for next week's choices of the voices. <laughs> okay, boys, let's bring it home with a round of pepper. All right, you heard the woman. She said it. It's time to go home. It's time for another edition of Pepper. Yep, sound the horn, round the bass. It's time for us to get the hell up out of here. But before we go, we got three topics we want to talk about. Rapid fire style, kind of, sort of, not really. Enlightening, entertaining, and just the sports bros doing what we do best. Let's talk about sports and take a little extra time to talk about these topics. And I'll go first. All right, on this day in history, back in 1956, Undefeated world heavyweight boxing champion Rocky Marciano retires from the ring with a record of 49 and 0 uh, and 43 of those coming by knockout. We saw how Jorge Masvidal got knocked out. And so just imagine that happened 43 times and you retire undefeated as the heavyweight champion of the world, Rocky Marciano. Over to you, Scotty D. All right, guys. So we were talking draft a little bit ago, and I mentioned that in the 2010 first round, the Cowboys selected Des Bryant. In the second round, any idea who they picked? Uh, Dexter Coakley? Sean Lee. Oh. And Sean Lee, Monday, today for us, Monday for our listeners, announced his retirement. He was a second round pick in 2010 out of Penn State. Spent 11 seasons, all with the Cowboys. Went to the Pro Bowl in 2015 and 16. Sean Lee will always be remembered from by Cowboys fans as being injury prone. He couldn't stay on the field. And it was a shame because he was a really good player when he was on the field. And hopefully 
at some point we'll have him as a linebackers coach because this guy is extremely sharp. He's a film study guru. I mean, he's, he's very well studied and um, thank you to Sean Lee for the years he gave us and good luck. And hopefully we see you in the meeting rooms. Sean Lee retires after 11 seasons with the Cowboys. Be live over to you. I think um, Sean Lee is to the Cowboys as Luke Keekley was to the Panthers. Uh, I, I compare him. Luke Keekley obviously is better, of course, but you know, from much props to Sean Lee, much props. I'll go ahead and do that. So I'm going to switch over to a little basketball because we're getting into that time where the playoffs are just around the corner. And as we've seen, we've had a lot of movement in on basketball. A lot of, lot of teams building up, shoring themselves up, getting ready for this postseason push. And today, um, it was decided that they're going to keep um, the Clippers are going to keep Boogie DeMarcus Cousins for the rest of the season. He, he signed a couple 10-day contracts. They was like, ah, you know what? You, you, you're going to be that role player that might be able to get us over that hump. And so as it says right now, the Clippers are tied for second in the um, Western Conference, um, tied with the Phoenix Suns. But let me, let me say that again. I think I, I might have I mentioned that on the earlier segment when you know how Phoenix Suns were barely, they, they were just out. They weren't even going to make the playoffs last year and went on an incredible 8-0 run to make the playoffs. And now I said that, I, I remember saying that that, they're going to catch heat and they're going to catch fire and they're going to do something this year. They are now tied for second place in the Western conference. Wow. Some, something about Chris Paul, something about Chris Paul. He just makes every team he's been on. He's made them better. But so, and Utah sitting there first, but yeah, the Clippers, they're, they're, they're making their moves right now to um, make some noise in the postseason. Something tells me this postseason this year is going to be nothing short of spectacular. I cannot wait. Eddie Cool, no look pass, double. Oh, I got hit in the face of the ball. My bad. Maybe somebody was supposed to look on the other end of the no look pass. All right. So um, there's been some rule changes lately in the NFL, and uh, the most popular choice is the jersey rules change. All right. Of course, you know, if you're a quarterback, you go one through 19, running back, you 20 through 30. 20 through 39, and then 40 through 40 through 49, you get it, right? And, you know, you wide receivers, your 80s and your 12s, and, you know, all, all that stuff, right? There's been a chink in armor, not chink in armor, but there's been a change of the guard. For the first time in forever, um, the expanded jerseys uh, will allow running backs, tight ends, fullbacks, halfbacks, and wide receivers to wear numbers 1 through 49 and 80 through 89. You remember Ty Montgomery when he was wearing his, um, was it 88? Yeah, when he was mm -hmm. wearing 88. Defensive backs can choose from one through 49, okay? Linebackers can choose one through 59 and 90 through 99. Offensive linemen can go from 50 to 79. D linemen also can go from 50 to 79 as well and 90 to 99. Quarterbacks, kickers, and punters, they do the whole classic one through 19 number scales. I knew I threw a lot of numbers at you, fellas, but I'm getting to the meat and potatoes of this whole thing, all right? So we can see Derrick Henry go back to the famous number two that he made uh, popular in um, Alabama. Jalen Ramsey can go back to number eight if he chooses to. And it was sure would be nice to see Davion Clowney 
in the number seven. Yes, that made him so famous at the University of South Carolina. Hey, you got some people on Twitter like, hey, come up off that number, homie. What you got for it? I need it. I want it. And that's mine. And I think Patrick Peterson is also going back to his old college number of seven as well, too. Everybody is happy except one Tom Fitzgerald Edward Montrose Brady. Okay. <laughs> Everybody but him is happy for some odd, strange reason. Tom Brady thinks, I quote, and I quote, he thinks it's dumb. He thinks it's dumb, okay? I agree. Oh, boy, here we go. And he said, good luck trying to block <laughs> the right people now, Brady wrote. He says, it's going to make for a lot of bad football. And then Tom Brady, Tom Edward Fitzgerald Montrose, um, Albert Brady, I don't know his real name. <laughs> he continued to say on a tweet, I would like to speak to the manager, please. <laughs> In case y'all think I'm lying. We can see none of that, but that's cool. <laughs> okay, there it is. There it is. So you so you mean to tell me just because we switch up some numbers, Tom Brady? Oh Lord, it ain't fair no more. I mean, really, <laughs> really, which means you have to think a little bit. Okay, seeing Jadavion Clowney coming off the edge at number seven. Hey, seven is this and seven is that. Come on, man, it's the player, not the number. Come on, Tom Brady, man, put all your belly aching and complaining. But it'll be good to see that everybody with their college numbers and um, it's gonna be pretty fun. Over to you, Scotty D. Before I switch to my topic, let me ask you: Did did I hear something where if a player does that that already has an existing number, they have to buy out the inventory of the jerseys of their previously made jerseys? Did I hear something to that effect? Um, did you hear any of that? Years ago, I've heard that. I, I thought talking about this one though. They said if like say you want to like Derrick Henry would want to go back to number two, that he would have to buy out the inventory this year of the jerseys already made with the, the, his, his current number on it. I don't know. That I might be, maybe I heard that wrong, but I thought that that's what they had to do thinking that this year, the changes may not be as big as, as we would have expected. Cause that might deter some of the players from changing. Yeah. Is that gotta, true, yep. Under the NFL's current Jersey manufacturing rules, a player will have to buy out the existing allotment of jerseys featuring their current number. And that's so we may not see a big change this year. I mean, some of these guys might say, nah, I'm good. I'm going to go ahead and keep this on. Yeah. It is going to cost them. And so yeah. maybe when it comes to somebody like Jadavian Clowney, it won't hurt him at all because he switched teams. So he wouldn't have a jersey allotment right now. Mm, that maybe. could be true, too. That could be true. So, but yeah, for somebody, yeah, for somebody like, um, let's see, let's go, let's go with a big, yeah, Patrick Peterson, it would cost him a lot mm -hmm. because there's a lot of, he had, he had, I'm pretty sure he has a, a, there's a lot of Peterson jerseys out there. So, so they, hey, that's, but it makes, that makes sense though. Like, Hey, the NFL, yeah. they've made all these jerseys and you all of a sudden, Oh, I want to switch up because I was cool in college. Um, what what are we gonna yeah. do with all this? What are we gonna do with all this stuff? But Somebody come. You know what? You Speaking of that, now you know what I'm gonna um, Julius Peppers. Um, I'm gonna need my money back then if that's gonna be the case <laughs> because 
But when I bought your jersey and you switched teams on me, uh, yeah, yeah, I, that, that's why I, to this date, I kid you not, I love Julius Peppers. Don't get me wrong. There's a reason why I have a personalized jersey because the, I know I won't leave the team. So Julius Peppers was the last jersey I bought that was um, somebody else's. I have an Olsen jersey. I actually won an Olsen jersey. Oh, cool. Yeah. But, yeah, Be Live will always be apparent. So that's why, uh, yes, sir. Um, yeah, Scotty D, put some pepper on some things. Let's get it. Yeah, over to you, Scotty right. D. All right, we're going to switch sports and go to the NHL where Patrick Marlowe of the San Jose Sharks broke a record that was seemingly unbreakable last week on April 19th. Gordie Howe's record of 1,767 games went down when Patrick Marlowe took the ice uh, for the San Jose Sharks. He is now... Um, he, he's, this actually was his third stint with the Sharks. He played for the Maple Leafs for a couple of years. He was drafted by the Sharks in 1997. Wow. He was also a gold medal winner with Canada in the 2010 Olympics in, in Vancouver. He was actually uh, last year traded to the Penguins in February for 2020, and he's back to the Sharks for the third time this year. And then two days later, he played his 900th consecutive game. So hats off to Patrick Marlowe, the new Ironman of the NHL. Be live over to you. All right. Yes, sir. I like it. I like it. So we've been we've been talking a lot about the NFL draft, you know, and it, we can talk about it ad nauseum. There's so many processes that go into the feeling out process, the interviews, the um, the test, the combine, the 40 time, all these other things, the wonderlick test and stuff like that. But when it comes to one um, Philadelphia Eagles head coach, Nick Sirianni, he has a different approach when it comes to the feeling out process of um, potential prospects. And he wants to test their competitive nature. And you would, you would ask, how would he test a player's compet- um, competitiveness? What would, it, what would be the best way of going about doing that? How would he do it, B-Live? None other than the classic art of Rochambeau, or better known as rock, paper, scissors. Wow. So he told media recently that he decided to play rock, paper, scissors with prospects to see their competitive spirit, competitiveness spirit. He added also that he trash taught them as well. So my man is playing Rochambeau and talking cash, talking trash to potential prospects. Interesting to say the least. I ain't gonna lie to you. I'm very competitive and I'll be trying to win at everything that I do. So you know what? I'm okay with it. And a little trash talk and everything coming from my coach because guess what? I'm pretty sure in the locker room there's a lot of trash talk. There's going to be trash talk for the entirety of your career. Are you going to be able to take it? So it's an interesting spin, but then again, it's the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, and when it comes to them, I like to refer to their little um fight song, um, "Die Eagles Die." Whoa. On the, um, I mean, it's, you know, and I'm, yeah, yeah, I, I just don't like the Eagles. I don't, I don't like the Eagles. I don't like their fans. Yeah, I said it, JR. 
I don't like you. I love you as a brother, but as an Eagles fan, y'all are terrible. Eddie Cool, the ball. All right. <laughs> With that being said, uh, my third and final purple point, I would like to wish a very happy birthday to the Iceman himself, George Gervin. Scotty D reminded me there was a commercial in the 90s where George Gerber, what did he say, Scotty D? One thing I could do was finger roll. Yes, the pioneer of a fa- of the finger roll and uh, one of the most prolific scorers in the history of the NBA. Give you a little quick rundown. George Gervin was a nine-time NBA All-Star between 1977 and 1985. He was also the 1980 All-Star Game MVP. He made the NBA first team of five times two-time second team, a four-time scoring champion, a three-time ABA All-Star, um, all, the ABA All-Rookie First Team, and his number is retired by the San Antonio Spurs, and he's a member of the 50th anniversary NBA All-Time Team and also the ABA All-Time Team, and his number 24 jersey is retired at the University of Eastern Michigan. Happy birthday to the Iceman, George Gervin. Over to you, Scotty D. Okay, so this one's a little bit more personal for me, but last week, former Pittsburgh Pirate Neil Walker decided to call it a career. Neil Walker played for the Pirates from 2009 to 2015. He then moved on, had three years with the Mets, and then went each with the Brewers, Yankees, Marlins, and Phillies. But Neil Walker was special here in Pittsburgh because he was from the area. He went to Pine Richland, which is a local school that's uh, big in athletics, and he was part of the team that in 2013 went to the wild card and defeated Cincinnati. The Pirates had had 20 consecutive losing seasons. And then in 2013, they broke through. That was a team with Andrew McCutcheon and uh, Josh Harrison. And, and Neil Walker was a big part of that team and a part of that fun, successful little run we had there, three straight wild card years. He actually said that the highlight of his career was that 2013 wild card game when they beat Cincinnati at home and went on to play to the play the Cardinals in the playoffs and Neil Walker was a uh, he was a 267 hitter, 149 home runs. Not terrible for the local boy to get to play for the local franchise. So congratulations on, on a good career. And thank you to Neil Walker. And I'm going to end this section or end my podcast. Same way I started. Let's go, Bucks. Be live. Over to you. And you end your podcast. I'm going to end you. My anyway. section. Let's <laughs> right. say now you got me coming back in. The Mortal Kombat, go see it. Go see the Mortal Kombat. Oh, no, not again. No, no. Cut it out. Stop it. But, yes, this right here is my third and final pepper point. Scotty D, you know what time it is. We've already discussed it. And so I would like to lead in just like this. What do the Alliance of American Football, the XFL, now twice, the arena and the Arena Football League have in common? There's a couple other leagues I could throw in there. Scotty D, I will allow you to answer this. What do they have in common? They suck. They all sucked. Well, yes. they didn't suck. But, <laughs> yes, they did. But at the because end of the day. Because they're no longer in existence. There we go. They just didn't make it. The XFL is coming back, though. Um, I believe either. Um, I, I think it's either this year. I think it's next year that they, um, the XFL will be coming back. And shout out to the Fan Control Football League. Waiting to see them in their second season coming up soon. But I digress. There is another football league, and I'm going to say football league. In case you missed it, over the course of this past week, 
rose and fought and fell in the same exact week. And it's across <laughs> the sea. And I'm talking about the European, your European Super League. I'm gonna try to um, narrow this down real quick. Since the European Super League was a league consisted of the top teams all over Europe, the basically your big time, your big ticket teams. They want to form their own league because, simply put, they were the ones that were making um, FIFA, the um, international governing body of um, soccer, football, and UEFA, which is the governing body of European soccer. They were like, why are we giving you all of this money and we don't get much in return? And yet we've got to maintain our payroll and everything like that by making all these other um, teams that don't do anything, any type of money. We want our fair cut. And so, you know what? We are the big ticket teams. We are the ones that are generating the revenue. We're going to split apart from UEFA and form our own Super League, which consists of teams from the Premier League, La Liga, Bundesliga, other leagues, and um, um, coming from Italy, England, Spain, et cetera, et cetera. That was proposed and announced on Monday. Once the fans heard about it, come Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, teams began to pull out of this immediate because the fans were like, you are ruining the sport of football. Because oh. it, and oh goodness. And, and because it was it, it was it was a money grab. And it and the fans were like, it's going to take away from the integrity of the sport if the same team's playing the same thing every single time. I would like to attribute this, if you compare it to anything, you compare it to, let's say, the Yankees, the Red Sox, the Braves, the Dodgers, let's see, um, a couple other big teams, of Houston, um, they pull out and, and leave Major League Baseball and form their own, like, 10-person league because – their, their franchises are worth way more than <laughs> they're promptly named, especially he's got the hat and the shirt to prove it, the Pittsburgh Pirates and their lowly payroll and how much they're worth. It, so the, the, the big teams will pull out. They will take their revenue. They will take their revenue with them. They will take their ads, their uh, TV deals and everything. The fans said, uh-uh, ain't going to happen. And just as quickly as it was announced, it did not make it and there's more to this story so oh no (laughs) oh for god's sakes yes our listeners tuned out as soon as you said football stay tuned it's just us left i was looking to see if anybody else is out there no no, i know our listeners are not as narrow-minded as one money man scott donnelly (laughs) i give i give our listeners and our watchers a little bit more credit they are oh, of a no. re- more refined taste. No, no, they're not. They like football <laughs> in America. That's what they like. They like to draft, and they're going to love talking about the Mortal Kombat in the video games. That's what no. they like. <laughs> Here, I'm going to say this. I'm going to say this because here's, here's the thing. Scotty D is somewhat right. I know there's, there's, there's got to be a couple people that watch soccer, that watch football. But when our biggest choices of the voices question was breakfast cereal, then I know that that sort of lets us know what type of listener we have. And we have absolutely no problem with that whatsoever. 
But yeah, that... we want to be shallow. That's us. Shallow. <laughs> the European, um, the European Super League. You oh, lasted four that you last. You didn't even last a week. Oh boy, yes, sir. And um, quick shout out to um one of our listeners, um, Moshe Sampson. He um he provided a lot of information um for me, so greatly appreciate that. Yes, sir. Was it um what 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 was his nickname that we gave him? Sammy Smokes. Sammy Smokes. Yes, sir. Oh man. But yeah, that, that was my third and final pepper point to the dismay of the money man, Scotty D. <laughs> God, that was painful. Oh, man. All right, with that being said, gentlemen, we got all three of our pepper points in? Yeah. Yes, sir. All right, perfect, perfect, perfect. Um, Yeah, ladies and gentlemen, it's been another episode of the Sports Bros Podcast, episode number 106. Uh, We can go through the rundown and the list of where you can find us here, there, everywhere, and all over the place. Um, if you're on Facebook, please check out the Facebook like page. Also join the sports bros family. We got B Live over working real hard on that. Scotty D working real hard. I'm working real hard too. And uh, we appreciate the jump from where we were to where we are now, how it started, and where we're at. That's how we're doing it over here at the Sports Bros Podcast. Instagram, the Sports Bros Podcast, all on word. Twitter, the Sports Bros PCast. B Live, what's the email address again? Email address sportsbrospeakcast at gmail.com. Yep, and you can catch me, Eddie Cool, on Twitter at the real Eddie Cool, Scotty D at what is it, Scotty D? Money Donnelly. Money Donnelly. Money Donnelly. And on the, on the tweeter. On, at on the, the tweeter, on the tweets. On, on the <laughs> tweeter machine and the almighty B Live. You can catch him at this be your boy. And there's no I in this, okay? But there's an I. In B Live. And before I get up out of here, uh, I want to give a big shout out to uh, Mr. Vicious Treshawn Gore. He will be on the upcoming season of the UFC Ultimate Fighter. Reason being because Treshawn Gore is a neighborhood kid. That's right. right. Yes, in, in nice. the same the same little community of of, of uh, Little River, South Carolina, the North Myrtle Beach area, also known as Boo Hill. For everybody that's listening, it's good to see people from the Carolinas doing good. All right, fellas, anything to say before we get the hell up out of here? Ah, quick shout out to um William Bryce Brady. He's actually um he's a big Cubs fan. Yep. And he actually gets a, he's actually headed to see the Cubs face the Braves live. So I, I love love the kid. Man, oh man, I'm excited for him. And yeah, yes, sir. And in closing, do something nice for yourself. And if you can do something nice for someone else, they'll greatly appreciate it now. More than ever. This has been another episode of the Sports Bros Podcast. Love y'all. Take care. Be good. Goodbye and good night.